y'all, this is Dale P, the host of Master Singlet Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you had a wonderful week, and welcome December, y'all. I'm so excited. I'm anticipating to see God move in our lives in special and amazing ways, and so much so, I want you to go ahead and rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord throughout this month of December. He is so faithful. He has got us through this year, y'all. Sometimes when you look and see how far God brought you, my goodness, it it in itself is an encouragement for you to continue to proceed forward, for you to continue to know that God, He is faithful to finish the work that He has begun in you. And on tonight's episode, y'all, we officially start our brand new series. I introduced to you guys this series back on November 11, 2022, um, but I did not, in fact, share the title of this series. But for tonight's episode, of course, since we are getting into it, tonight's episode series, y'all, is titled Kingdom Gospel Church from a Biblical Perspective. Kingdom Gospel Church from a Biblical Perspective. Now, before I get straight into tonight's episode, I just want to quickly go ahead and um, let you guys know we have some new videos coming out on our YouTube channel, JLP Network. So if you haven't subscribed yet, I really recommend you to go ahead and subscribe. As a matter of fact, we have some recent uploads that I believe will definitely encourage you, such as our Master Nissan Good um, conference that we went ahead and shared to our YouTube channel for those of you who could not make it in person. You are more than welcome to go ahead and catch the replay. Um, and I'm looking forward to really just go ahead and share some of the takeaways concerning what happened um, at the conference. Um, especially when it comes to the topic at hand, the theme at hand, which, which is love to find or what's love to find. And I want to also go ahead and share some of the takeaways that you guys shared in the comment sections of the video and even on social media. And if you have not shared your takeaways, you are more than welcome to share your takeaways with me over at Apple's podcast. Um, that way, more and more people will be exposed to the Master and Singlet podcast, and we're able to encourage more and more people to master their trust in God. Especially in this day and age, people, my goodness, really need to hear the gospel message, and they really need to hear the fact that mastering their trust in God is, in fact, their security, is what is able to keep us, you know, steady, is what is able to keep us from sinking when life storms come at us. You know, in every direction, we know that we will be safe, we will be covered because our trust is in the Lord. And the Lord is greater than all. Amen. And so, y'all, I'm so excited to go ahead and get straight into the first episode of this series. Um, and I want to go ahead and just really share with you the background or the backstory um, of why am I doing this topic um, of discussion? Why am I doing this series? And why am I doing it at this time, especially in the month of December? You know, the month of December is a holiday um, season. You know, you have Christmas, you have people who celebrate Kwanzaa, you have people who celebrate, you know, Hanukkah and, and other type of uh, holidays. But you also have those of us who celebrate Christmas in a way. Um, and we know that, in fact, Jesus is the reason for the season. I, I, tr I truly believe, especially this year, we have to make sure that we definitely keep Jesus at the center of our Christmas celebrations. Because it's so easy uh, to celebrate Christmas like the world. And speaking of Christmas, there's something in particular I want to go ahead and share. Just utilizing Christmas as an example. 
uh, to show you the danger of just having that mentality of just getting something that's really supposed to honor the Lord, but yet we completely remove the Lord from it. And so, right now, y'all, it's clear to many of us that we are living in the end times. I actually have a video that I posted on my YouTube channel titled End Times, how to, how to maintain peace um, during the end times. And so if you have not um, yet, go ahead and watch that um, when you are able to. But I recommend you to watch it as soon as possible because, you know, one of the things that the Lord said, he said, when all of these things are happening, you need to look up because your redemption draws near. And what's so sad is that here are the things, here are these things happening in front of us and many people are just ignorant of it or many people are just, you know, are in denial and do not want to admit that in fact Bible prophecies are coming to pass. But we as believers, we cannot live as if we're in denial of that. And we can also not act as if we don't have the knowledge of Christ within us. And we have as well the knowledge of Christ um, physically, which is the Holy Bible. So we have the knowledge of Christ in us, which is as well the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He is the Spirit of Wisdom, He is the Spirit of Counsel, Spirit of Knowledge. And we also have the Holy Bible, which is a physical book that we can read. It's a revelatory book. It's not just an ordinary book, but it's the only book that is able to speak to you, that is able to pierce your heart, convict your heart, and that is able to reveal to you matters about the present and as well as the future. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to go ahead and do this series is because unfortunately, I began to notice there's a pattern when it comes to a lot of ministries and churches in the Western world, and maybe not even just the Western world, but even in other, uh, you know, nations um, around the world, is that there's a duality that's going on where there's supposed to be oneness in, in a way. I'm going to explain what I mean by that. If you guys were able to listen to the preview of this ep episode, right, the prelude that was released on November 11th. I ended up sharing that the duality is this, y'all. It's like you go to church or you go to certain church settings, you listen to certain ministers, and it seems as though there's a group of ministers or there's a group of churches, they preach heavily on grace, but yet they completely neglect to preach on spiritual formation and um, discipleship and really helping the people of God um, being empowered with the Word of God to become more like Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand that the work of transformation is done by the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, I do recognize in Scripture that the Lord used people in order to make other disciples. He called the apostles the twelve apostles. These twelve apostles, if it wasn't for them, the gospel would not have reached the ends of the earth. We recognize through Scripture that Jesus, he had to leave, he had to go back to the Father in heaven, and that is why he said, he sent his Holy Spirit now, which resides in us when we give him our life, right? When we give Jesus our life. And so what happens is that if there is this duality where you see a group of people are mostly just preaching about grace, and you have another group of people as well just mostly preaching about, um, let's say, the law, right? A lot of people, when they speak of the law, um, some people, when they speak of the law, they're only focusing on the Old Testament. Some people, when they speak of the law, they're actually talking about God's written word in general, right? And so you have a, a group of people that are really 
strong when it comes to declaring God's word, which is amazing and excellent. But at the same time, the same group of people that is upholding God's word does not believe the majority of the things that's written in the word of God. For example, you have people who know how to summarize the Ten Commandments front and back, but yet you see that there are the same people sometimes that are quenching the Holy Spirit. And the Bible lets us know when we quench the Holy Spirit, you cannot bear good fruit, right? And you're not able to really to exercise the gifts of the Spirit. And we know that the Bible shows us that the gifts of the Spirit, you know, it's important for us to have the gifts of the Spirit because when we do, when we exercise the gifts of the Spirit by walking as well in love, we're able to win down souls to the kingdom of God. We're able to glorify the Lord on the earth. Even Jesus being God himself, when he was in flesh, right? When he was on the earth in human form, he actually had to demonstrate the power of God. Because what drew many people to Christ is because, in fact, he carried the power of God. He had the Holy Spirit. It's because he was working miracles. And I believe right now the way that you see the world is, you know, is is really upside down. One of the things that is going to convict the hearts of men or one of the things that's going to really allow a lot of people to become awakened is for them to see, in fact, the glory of God just manifesting on, on, the, earth, on all the earth. And so when the Bible talks about the Lord pouring out his spirit, excuse me, upon all his sons and daughters, what does that look like for say? How do people who only preach about, you know, for example, uh, grace and uh, for those who preach only about, you know, not going to the clubs, right, not smoking, not being addicted to certain, um, you know, things and stuff like that. How do they perceive scriptures such as this coming in the book from the book of Joel when God says he will pour out his spirit upon all his sons and daughters they shall see dreams right they shall prophesy they shall see visions and so you you see here this is the problem when there's like a divide when there's that duality there's always going to be confusion there's always going to be um you know chaos there's always going to be division instead of unity right instead of oneness instead of being a, of a one mind one spirit and even though we know that we are in the world but we're not of it that doesn't excuse us right from exercising the very thing that the lord even himself prophesied that we would do as his people a powerful statement that the lord said in scripture is that he says that we would even do greater work than he did right he says this in john 14 of verse 12 he said that we would do greater work than he did jesus raised the dead jesus opened blind eyes, he opened deaf ears, right? He allowed the mute speak. I mean, <laughs> those are amazing works. But yet he said we would do greater works. So how do these greater works look like? How they're going to look like? I believe they're going to look like just what Jesus did on the earth times probably even 100 or even 1,000 more. For example, Jesus was able to raise, you know, people from the grave, right? People from the dead. What does that look like? Now, when it comes to certain prophecies that he himself said that we were going to do as his witnesses, right, as his disciples, and those of us who believe him, though we did not see him in the flesh. And that's another thing I want to go ahead and really, truly just talk about throughout this series. Tonight, I'm just giving you, again, just a, a, a very much so general overview of what you can anticipate. 
say for the rest of the series but i really want to go ahead and expound um on this again and it's actually coming from second timothy verse um second timothy student chapter 3 verse 5 this is what it says y'all it says having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people as i was saying prior right i was saying how there's a group of people yes they know the commandments yes they know they should not steal they should not murder they should not commit adultery they should not practice you know idolatry right they should not um you know they should not stop going to church right stop uniting with brothers and sisters in the faith they should always make sure that they unite with brothers and sisters in the faith and the local assembly and stuff like that so they have the regularities down right they they they, they have it all down when it comes to that um, aspect right of our faith but however i'm starting to see that a lot of these people in that same group right the group that upholds right the, the commandments of god sometimes often it's the same group again as, as i said that are quenching the holy spirit and that are not allowing god's people to walk in the fullness of their god-given identity to walk in their purpose to walk in their calling and so this is is literally is showing us a depiction as well of what second timothy chapter 3 verse 5 just said there they having a form of god godliness but denying his power and so what is very interesting as well so do you see this verse it is showing us multiple multiple images right multiple examples all at once so i gave you all one example which was you can see that these individuals are modern day Pharisees. What do I mean by that? They they fear God per se in a way, right? They show you that they are not atheists, they're not agnostic, they don't practice a different faith that worship, you know, false gods. They show you that in fact they believe Jesus is who he says that he is. They believe that there's one God and so forth. They believe that he died on the cross for their sins. They believe that if they confess of their sins um, to the Lord, that he is faithful to forgive them. But however, Unfortunately, many of these same people are the same people as well who do not want to, again, allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in their hearts, have his way in their local assemblies, have his way in their ministries. And so what happens is that you see there's a group of people where they they remain in a level where they, again, they, they converted to the faith, but however, they're not blossoming into becoming the disciples that Jesus always wanted them to be. And so there was an archive episode that I did a, a few years back, and I was really showing the difference between a believer and as well as a disciple. When it comes to the gospel and as well as the kingdom of God, God wants us all to become disciples and as well as sons and daughters of God. God does not just want us to remain believers per se, just knowing that He exists, right? The Bible lets us know that even the demons know that Jesus is the Son of God. Even the demons know that God is real, that God exists, right? There was a point in time where uh, the demons, they weren't demons, but they were literal uh, spirits, right? That the Lord Himself created, but due to the re their rebellion, right? Um, they ended up where now they are you know, they're, they're, they're just completely reserved for the lake of fire during judgment. 
And so it's very important for us to see where we are on the spectrum. And this is not to bring condemnation to anybody, right? It's not to bring condemnation to me. It's not to bring condemnation to you who perhaps is at the other end of this message listening to me into tonight's episode. But this is really to help us to get it together and see what it is that we can do better to make sure that we are working out our salvation. Working out our salvation. Speaking of working out of our salvation, this is another thing that I want to go ahead and talk about throughout the series, um, but I'm just giving you all a taste tonight. What does it mean to work out your salvation? What does it mean? You have a group of believers that says, you know, we're only saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, which is true. But then you have another group of, but that same group of believers who is, you know, declaring this, which is the truth, right? It's, it's in God's word. It's as if they're using it as though, uh, you know, an excuse to not wanting to produce the fruits of the Spirit, not wanting to exercise the gifts of the Spirit, right? Or not wanting to conform to the ways of God, right? The Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, by doing what? By reading the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God. But however, the Bible also tells us that we must do what? We must keep the commands of the Lord. We must be the way that Jesus was on the earth, right? Sim- sim- simply put, keeping the commands of the Lord is literally being the way that Jesus was when he was on the earth. Jesus himself said the greatest commandment is to love his, you know, uh, love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, all of our mind, right? All of our soul, all of our strength, and as well as to love our neighbor as ourselves. But if you look very closely, those two commandments sum sums up all of the other commandments, which he as well made clear to us in Scripture. And so you will recognize anybody who loves God and who loves people, you're not going to see these people are looking looking at ways they can hurt other people or trying to um, be mischievous and you know create strife and create chaos and create you know everything that is evil and is wicked and that is not of God. And so even as we already read, um, let's go back to that scripture again. Even as we already noted to you, Second um, Timothy verse three to five. Again, this is showing us again what Second Timothy verse three to five is saying. They have a form of godliness, but denying its power. Right. So you see people. They say they love God, but yet when you're looking at their actions. They, their action is hurting other people and if, if you're an individual who professes and claims that you love God but you're hurting other people, guess what? This is what the scripture is saying. It's saying that you do have a form of godliness but you're denying His power. What is the power within this context? The power, in fact, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that resides in you, right? We know, of course, the Holy Spirit is a person, but yet he as well is the power of God, which resides in you. And that power is the one that causes you to be set apart and like Christ and not like the world. You see, the world, they do not, you know, uh, bear the fruit of the Spirit simply because they want to be loving to other people. There's many people in the world that are without Christ. The reason why they're doing certain things that look godly is for selfish gain, is for their own selfish pleasures. But the scripture shows us that we need to deny ourselves, right? We need to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. 
and so you will see certain people right uh, they, they say that they love God they say that they love Jesus they say that they surrender their lives to God but yet they're doing every single thing that others in the world are doing if you don't mind please go ahead and open your Bible pages to 1 Peter 4 19 Let's see what 1 Peter 4, 19 is saying here. And tonight, I just really want to go ahead and highlight the main text here that I introduced. is 2 Timothy 3, 5 that was talking about, again, having a form of godliness but denying his power. Right? So pretty much the Lord does not want us to have a form of godliness. Right? He wants us to be godly. Having a form, what does having a form mean? Having a form means, again, okay, you perhaps have that image, but you're not living what it is that you are professing to have. For example, um, you might have heard, you know, um, certain people have this this philosophical um, concept, right, where they say to people, you know, the rich, right? Those who are truly rich, they don't dress like they're rich. They dress like they're just ordinary people, right? They dress with, you know, just a comfortable t-shirt with, with jeans. You're not going to see them dressing with Gucci and Louis Vuitton, right? And so if you were to ask this person, not to ask even the person, but if you were to see this person across the street, right, with just a simple white t-shirt and ripped jeans and a, you know, 19... 90 type of looking cell phone in their ears you would say man there's no way this person is a billionaire but yet this person in fact is a billionaire right and so god does not just want us to have a form of godliness he wants us to be godly and so god wants you to be godly and god wants you to be filled with his spirit amen and so this is where I see again the divide is going on in a lot of Christian um, churches and ministries is that we are beginning to see even within the Christian church you know just Christ going again in the back burner and it's like we're putting our own selfish desires and motives to the forefront one of the things that I've made sure to say concerning my own self right before really going further in ministry you know if some of you guys heard a little bit of my testimony you know since I was very young I've always wanted to be set apart right I've always wanted to just live my life to glorify the Lord and especially after um, you know I was severely sick for two years in my early teens right I said you know what let me really go ahead and just you know have a talk with the Lord and I was open to the Lord and I said, Lord God, if you heal me, I'm going to use the rest of my life, right? I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to preach your gospel to the nations and make disciples in your name. Amen. But even beforehand, God in his, in his grace and his faithfulness, he kept me, right? He kept me and he set me, up, set me apart and he gave me a great desire just for his word, just for the things of God. And I believe that he did it because, in fact, he wanted, of course, to be able to use someone who's available to be able to win more souls in his kingdom. And the reason why I'm sharing this again tonight is to honestly let you know that my life purpose is to encourage you and point you to Jesus. 
whatever it is that you see that I'm doing, if you enjoy the Managing Pastoring Singlet Podcast, if you enjoy our Ministry Delphi Network, praise the Lord. But my friends, I want you to know that it's only possible with Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with me. It only has to do with my yes. But, but, but you know, in all honesty, it is the Lord Jesus Christ that gave me the grace to do the very things that I um, am doing. And I say this to say as well, to let you know that, you know, my heart's desire as well is for me to see you become more like Christ. Just like I desire that for myself, I desire that for you. And another reason why I'm saying this is because many times I feel that because the way that the world is, a lot of people, it's very hard for them to be transparent and vulnerable and authentic because they believe as though when people are helping them or when people are empowering them and encouraging them, maybe they have some ulterior motive. And so this is why even in the very beginning, I've never wanted for even my own image to be attached to the ministry, but I wanted for you to see the name of Jesus at first within the ministry, right? This is why even when it comes to JLP Network, I want you to see the pillars of this ministry, the themes of this ministry is Jesus, love, people, journey, life, purpose. And that's what life is all about. It's all about Jesus, right? It's all about loving people. It's all about as well, journeying with God, journeying with others with like mind, with a like mind, doing the very works of the Lord, the work that he already predestined for us to do in Christ Jesus according to his word in Ephesians 2.10. And so, you know, that is what it's all about, y'all. And this is what I really want us to focus on throughout this series is to focus on what matters. Focus on what matters and let us remove the attention from ourselves and let us remove the intent, the attention from other people and let us point the attention on Christ. Because it's so easy for human beings. Honestly, us human beings, it's so easy for us to make things about us when it's supposed to be about Him. And we see this pattern, you know, on and on throughout Scripture. We see somehow humanity have always wanted to be some type of God to themselves. But this is not God's will. I shared this a little bit in the preview and I feel that it's necessary for me to share it again. I'm starting to see many people in the world, they have made themselves God to God. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this again. Many people in the world have made themselves God to God. Meaning, we have only... I'm saying we just to generalize it, right? We have, at times, only have sought the Lord for what it is that we want, what it is that we need. But what, when was the last time that we sought the Lord because we wanted to fellowship with Him? When was the last time we sought the Lord because, again, we wanted to ask Him what it is that He wants us to do for Him? Amen. And so we truly need to humble ourselves in this day and age, y'all. We don't want to be the group of people like um, in, in the book of Genesis when they were, you know, building the Tower of Babel and wanting to be like God and reach the heavens. We need to submit ourselves completely to the will of God. Speaking on committing our, submitting ourselves to the complete will of God, I want you to go ahead and just quickly go with me. I just want you to go ahead and quickly go with me to Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10 Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10 and this is very important and we're still on topic again tonight we're focusing on that 
that theme, which is coming from 2 Timothy 3.5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. In Philippians um, chapter 1, verse 9 to 10, it relates truly significantly with um, this theme in 2 Timothy 3.5. And this is what it says, Philippians again, chapter 1, verse 9 to 10. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I'm going to repeat it again because it's just so profound to me. It says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Now, this is Paul speaking. And what is so important especially when it comes to the scripture as well is that term discern but it's as well the beginning of uh, of the first uh, verse within that series of verses right verse 9 where it says may your love abound more and more why is this so profound for us especially today especially us who are living in these times is that paul by the spirit of christ he knew that in these times that hearts would grow cold that people would become very godless very sinful, very heartless. It's as if they would not have any measure of love within them. And so we as believers, as sons and daughters of God, even though we have love within us because we have the knowledge of Christ, Paul is saying uh, these words to exhort believers during that time to abound more and more in love. And so even if you felt like you were loving, you were kind, your prayer today should be, Holy Spirit, consume me with the love of God. Consume me with the, the mercy of God, my. Fill me up with your presence. Fill me up with your goodness. Um, bless me with your fruits, right? Bless me to bear the fruit of patience, the fruit of compassion and self-control. Amen. And um, in the latter part of the scripture, in verse 10, right? In verse 10, he says, uh, he says here, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Now, going back to working out the salvation that I mentioned. So you have a group of believers that to a point they believe as long as you believe in Jesus Christ, right? That he rose from the grave, that he is the son of God. Then, and that as well, you know, if you know you believe he forgives you of your sins and you commit not even commit, they don't even say commit, but they say you give your life to Jesus, then you will be saved and you will go to heaven, right? If that is the case, if just simply believing in Jesus will make you go to heaven, why in the world is Paul here in Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10 and verse 10 is saying, He's saying, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Why is it important for you to discern what is best if you don't have to do anything when it comes to your salvation? If your salvation simply is in fact believing in Jesus or believing in Jesus. And my friends, this is why it's so important for us to read scripture with the aid and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you all were able to listen to the Mastering Some Good conference, um, audio or the video, I was talking about the term, right, love and defining. And the reason why I went ahead and did that is because for very long, 
for a very long time, I've noticed that we as a people, we viewed love as simply an emotion. We viewed love as an affect, affection. We've never really viewed love as an action. And even though there's certain people that says, you know, love is an action, but when it comes to love, when they're when they're actually living it out or whatever, or they're desiring it, they still don't see it as an action. They just see it as an emotion, as a feeling. And it comes to the it comes as well when it comes to um, the term believe. Many of us think that the word believe simply means to believe in the in the in the sense like, for example, I'll give you this example. Maybe you are someone and you're believing to be a millionaire one day, right? Okay. Alright, so you believe you'll be a millionaire one day. Is me simply believing that I'm going to be a millionaire one day is going to make me become that millionaire? Remember what James told us, y'all, in the book of James? He says, in the book of James, right? He says, faith without works is dead. What is faith in a nutshell, right? What is another synonym you can say faith is, right? Faith is believing. Someone who has faith, because you know, is considered someone who has faith because they believe. For example, Abraham, when he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, he went ahead and almost sacrificed his son because, again, he believed the word of God. To believe the word of God as well means to do what? To obey the word of God. To obey is to do what? To obey is an action. Therefore, to believe is as well as an action. And the Bible says this was credited to Abraham as righteousness. For a very long time, even when we're reading that scripture at hand, it was credited to Abraham as righteousness. A lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, you know, they will say it was credited to Abraham as righteousness because he believed in, in, in God. That's true, but there's another portion that we leave out. Because in the book of Hebrew, when it talks again about Abraham and what he did, it shows us again that it's because of the fact he proceeded to do the very thing that God told him to do. And so you see that dance, right? You see that uh, that partnership when it comes to faith and works. I'm going to give you another example. Faith and works go hand in hand because in fact, works is a manifestation of faith, right? Works is tangible faith. I'm gonna say this again, works is tangible faith. Now, what is that work? do when it comes to our salvation because you have a group of people who will say you can't earn your salvation of course none of us can earn our salvation but what manifest but what is the the, the evidence to a non-believer that we who profess to be believers that we're truly believers is it us just telling people that we believe in Jesus no, 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 no. Because the Lord himself, he says, they will know you are my disciples by the way you love. 
by the way you love. How will they know by the way you love? How how are they gonna know by you saying that you love your brother or sister? No, they will know because you will show it. You will show it by your action, by your words. Action is is works. Therefore, because in fact you believe in Jesus, you will obey and do as He says. Amen. Here we go again. We see, we see the definition of of Second Timothy chapter three verse five. We see it right there in that example, having a form of godliness but denying its power. You know what it it means as well. Having a form of godliness but denying its power is is slip service. It's lip service. It's us saying to someone, "Yes, I believe in Jesus, but yet I don't do nothing that Jesus taught me to do in Scripture." I believe in Jesus, but yet, you know, I don't submit myself to the Holy Spirit. Meaning, the Holy Spirit tells me not to go to this place. I go ahead anyways. The Holy Spirit tells me not to hang around these group of people. I go ahead and hang around these group of people anyway. The Holy Spirit tells me that I need to live according to the will of God, to the Word of God. I go ahead and live according to the ways of the world. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Let's hear what Jesus has to say as well concerning this particular theme, and we're gonna just go ahead and wrap it up for today. Jesus, I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys two more scriptures, and we're gonna wrap up. Part one of this series for today. I want you to go ahead and open your Bible pages to Matthew five verse eighteen. And afterwards, I want you to go ahead and, and quickly open your Bibles to Matthew twenty three verse twenty seven. But first, let us focus on Matthew chapter uh, fifteen verse eight. Matthew chapter fifteen verse eight. This is what it says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, "These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from." Me. Here's that duality again. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What does that look like? This is actually showing you a depiction as well when it came to the lifestyle of the Pharisees, when it came to the Pharisees in the in, in the scripture. And this is as well what we're seeing in many Christian ministries and many churches. And the reason why I'm being very vocal about this is because it's truly a greater issue at hand. And every one of us who profess Jesus to be Lord and Savior, we have to do better as a community. We have to do better as a body. We have to do better personally, but at the same time, we have to do better corporately. We do not want the world to mock us because we ourselves are mocking ourselves because we're giving God lip service instead of literally being the very disciples He has us to be according to His word. He Himself said, "These people honor Me with their lips, but their hearts are far from Me." What does that look like? Again, just like the Pharisees, when Jesus, when the Pharisees was all confronting Jesus. Jesus could see right through them, right? The Pharisees would be the ones who were the loudest screaming in the temple, but yet they were the very ones who was cursing Jesus at his face. Every single time when Jesus was trying to perform miracles, when Jesus was, you know,、um, teaching the people, right, who would come to him, when Jesus would do the miracles of multiplying the bread, right, and the fish, you know, they would keep, like, you know, giving him a hard time, right, disrupting him. Saying, who is this man? Who does he think he is? 
right? And so Jesus saying these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The Pharisees, their hearts were not for the Lord. And there was even someone amongst a Jesus circle, right? Among the 12 disciples, Judas, right? You can say Judas here in the scripture. This scripture is showing us the image of Judas, a depiction of Judas. Judas was giving Jesus lip service. Judas honored Jesus with his word, but yet his heart was far from him. This shows us the importance of us having a personal relationship with the Lord, not just going to church. Sadly, many people believe because they are a part of a local assembly, they're literally going to have a one-way ticket to heaven. And this is not the case at all, my friends. This is not the case at all. Because in the same book of Matthew, Jesus says, He never knew them. They said, but I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. I performed miracles in your name. I went to church every Sunday in your name. I evangelized every other Saturday in your name. But he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. This summarizes as well what we just read in Matthew 15 verse 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Meaning, yes, you do all of these things, but your heart is not consumed with me. Your heart is not consumed with my spirit. In fact, your heart is consuming with yourself. It is consumed with the things of this world. It is consumed with the opinions of people rather being consumed with the word of my father, rather being consumed with my words, rather being consumed with the things that pleases me. And to close, let's read Matthew 23 verse 27, which says, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the, the bone of the dead and everything unclean. And so this is very profound as well. So we see it from one, from one side, right? Jesus is saying, it's not good enough for you to have a form of God in this meaning. It's not good enough for you to have a, 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 clean, in, a, you know, a clean image um, on the outside, but on the inside you're dirty, right? You're ungodly. But at the same time, we see as well, Jesus doesn't want uh, uh, anyone as well. Um, for example, Jesus doesn't want anyone as well to be unclean on the outside and yet clean on the inside in the way. Right? Meaning he wants us to be what? Whole individual. He wants us to be whole in every aspect. For example, When you are a born-again believer, everything that you want to do, you want to do it because you want to please the Lord. And you know because the Holy Spirit resides in you, your body is His temple. And therefore, even your body, what you do with your body, whether on the out or in, is very important for you to make sure that you're keeping it clean, outwardly and inwardly. What does it look like to, to keep your body clean outwardly? It means that as well, you are going to make sure you honor your body outwardly by making sure you dress modestly, right? By making sure you clean yourself, right? We understand there are certain people because of the way life has hit them, right? Some people became homeless, right? And some people, they don't have the basic necessities to keep 
to keep with hygiene and so forth. God knows the intent of every human. God knows the human heart, the human motives, right? He knows all of our motives, all of our intents. But at the same time, um, this particular scripture, Jesus is literally is speaking on which, you know, those who know the truth, right? But yet, they choose not to follow the truth to a T. They choose to follow a half-truth. They choose to uh, be hypocrites, meaning that you look the part, but you are not the part. Again, here we see it again. Second Timothy 3 and 5 into play here. The theme, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Jesus wants us to be the real deal. He wants us to be authentic people, right? He wants us to be his authentic disciples. Jesus wants us to be whole inwardly and whole outwardly. Jesus wants us to look like him outwardly and as well as inwardly. Here it is, my brothers and sisters. It's about being the whole package, meaning it's about just making sure that we look like Jesus on the outside and as well as we look like Jesus on the inside. It's about making sure that we are, again, following what the scripture tells us here. If you don't mind, please go ahead and open your Bible pages to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. What does Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says? It says, y'all, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things, right? It's talking about to think about such things in this context. But however, it's, it's very necessary for us to understand as well. It's also about how we carry ourselves as well from the outside. And as a matter of fact, I know I said I was going to close with these two scriptures. But I want to quickly just go ahead and um, just go ahead and quickly share one last scripture concerning that. Bear with me one moment. Please go ahead and open your Bible pages to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. This is what it says, y'all. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Verse 4 now. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a Gentile and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Amen. Let's go to verse 5. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves in their own houses. But I really wanted um, for us to focus on First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse um, 3. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. What does it mean by that of your inner self, your spirit, your soul? What is in your heart? Is your heart filled um, with things that is displeasing to God? And remember what scripture as well tells us, right? It says, you know, um, as a man thinketh, so is he, right? As a man thinketh, so is he. We see multiple times in scripture, the heart and the mind and the soul, they're, they're interconnected. Sometimes they use interchangeably. So basically, the Lord is saying, uh, you know, through scripture in that particular Bible verse, it's saying that the way that you think is going to manifest on the outside. So if you're thinking that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, if you're thinking insecure thoughts, then it's going to manifest on the outside. And usually those who are insecure, what happens is that they don't view their, themselves 
from the viewpoint of God. And so they're going to do things that are not noble. They're going to do things that are not pure, right? They're going to do things that are, are not excellent. They're going to dress a certain way that will show other people that they don't see their worth. They don't see their value. Amen. And so my friends, this is just part one. I just gave you a taste by the grace of God. And I really want to go ahead and further dialogue with you and dissect certain things concerning the gospel, the kingdom, and the church that often I've noticed and have been observing that at times get mis misinterpreted. But I want us to go back to the text, go back to the word of God itself and seeing what truly is God's word, God's truth, and what is really just man-made and what really is, in fact, um, you know, the point or direction the Lord wants us to go as a corporate body. Y'all, be encouraged. Despite the turbulences, despite what is going on in the world, we have reached, in fact, the greater of days in Christ Jesus. And I just want to go ahead and remind you once more, all things are possible in Christ Jesus. Until next time, peace out. This is your Christ JLP. Take care.